Music Festival. Are you ready? See Foo Fighters, Kelly Clarkson, Tim McGraw, and many more. Friday and Saturday, September 22nd and 23rd. iHeartRadio Music Festival. Streaming live only on Hulu. The Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, well, this is the moment I've been waiting for because this young lady sitting across from me represents the very finest and greatest of what the Armed Forces is all about. And I'm so happy to introduce to you Sergeant Major Gretchen Evans. How are you, Sergeant Major? I'm incredible. It's an incredible day, and I'm so happy to be here. I got so much juice looking at you because I've I watched your videos. I watched the stories that you were portraying. Uh, you were over in Afghanistan, and by the way, you were deployed when Pat Tillman passed, was was killed over there, unfortunately. Yes, I just arrived in country and oh. uh, when Pat Tillman was killed, and we named the USO at Bagram Air Force Base in his honor. Oh, man, that is really something. Really an amazing story. I was captivated as we, I'm jumping right to it, you know, because when, when I watched a video of your story and then when you were at the, oh, at the ESPN awards and, and everything, my goodness, I, everything's like pouring out of my gourd here. You know what I mean? Um, but you're on a mountain and you talked about how the Apache helicopters, the sound of the Apache helicopters. And the first thing I thought of, I have a good friend who's a Vietnam veteran. And he said to me, the most wonderful sound was the Huey helicopters coming to get them. Take us through that captivating moment. I can't even, a life-threatening moment as you're up there on the mountain with your warriors. Yeah, so we had been um, at the bottom of the mountain, and our task, our mission that day was to go up to the, to the top of the mountain and flush out the enemy from the caves that they were in. They were coming down at night and... and terrorizing uh, friendly villages. Mm. And so that was our mission that day. But when we landed out of the Chinooks, we started taking incoming fire from the front and from the rear. So we dispersed very unnaturally. And I ended up being separated from the name task force with 15 soldiers. And the only way to protect ourselves was to go up the mountain because behind us was a flat valley and we would have just been targets. So we, start, we did what we, a maneuver we call leapfrogging, where half of you lay down in a prone position and do suppressive fire, while the rest run up to the mountain and find another place where you can have some cover. So we're making our way up the mountain, and about halfway there, I realized I had two really serious problems. One, I was running very low on ammo, because suppressive fire, you use up a lot of ammo. Okay. Automatic, and you're just keeping the enemy's heads down. And the other was running out of real estate because I could see the top of the mountain. And so I was the senior person, and you know, in the military, it's not um, governed by committee, it's governed by leadership. And right. It's always the ranking person, and so the decision was mine, to stay where we were and try to hold out or try to get to the top of the mountain, which was the best terrain for us. Um, I was radioing back for help, but it was a very chaotic battlefield at that time and it was unsafe for close air support to come in so they basically said sorry major you're on your own oh. anyway we did make it to the top of that mountain um but we were gonna we were on our own it was and so we stacked our magazines and we locked and we loaded and we were waiting for the enemy to come at us and then 
like uh-huh. I said. I heard it before I ever saw that beautiful sound of a helicopter. And we were rescued off the top of that mountain. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, even now, because, like I said, my son served and deployed in Afghanistan. He survived IEDs and, and combat and everything else. And um, we here, we don't understand what our people go through and what it is that you guys put on the line out there. It's just amazing. And I, I thank you for your service. Wow. So, uh, with all that said, okay, moving along, um, you were awarded the Pat Tillman Award. That has spoke so much about it. I, I was transfixed when you were describing everybody's got to have a rope team. Yes. What's a rope team? Uh, my rope team is amazing, and it's made up of all kinds of people that I've found in my journey in life. And the, the term rope team to a military person is, you know, this is the way I explain it. In, in the military, we have real rope teams. So if we're traversing really steep terrain, we literally tie ourselves to each other. Oh, man. And the reason we do that is if one person slips, they only fall a small way because the rest of us pick in until they can stem back up. And the same thing with, like, fording a really swift river. We tie ourselves to each other. So if someone hits a slick rock or something like that, they would be washed down the stream into enemy territory or maybe get hurt, okay? So we tie ourselves. And the thing, beautiful thing about a rope team is sometimes you're the person who's on your knees and sometimes you're the person who's picking in for somebody else. It's uh. reciprocal. So in life, you put people on your rope team who are frequently tied to each other. Right. So when bad things happen in your life, your rope team's going to pick in for you and whatever that looks like, being there for you at a time when you've lost a family member or being there for you when you've lost a job, and they're going to pick in for you until you can get back up and carry on with whatever your mission is. And it's a, it's a beautiful relationship. So my rope team is, looks like all kinds of people who've been there for me in my lowest times and also have been there for me in my best times. Sometimes I'm the picker, and sometimes I'm the person on my knees. Wow, that's amazing. What do you do with a fat guy like me? Could I mean, if I slip and fall, you got to might have six people have to haul. That's all right, me. we got you there. We got you. <laughs> oh man, that's just tremendous. Now, one of the things that I also was fascinated—you incurred an injury that forced you out of the military, but it really kind of set you on a path for life. If I understand everything, you are, and as you said, you are totally deaf. Um, you incurred a that that injury, but. You, when you left for civilian life, you felt like you were totally lost, right? Am I, have I got that right? That's true. Okay. Yeah, so I went in the military at 19, and I was <laughs> yeah. wounded at 46. So my whole oh. adult life, really, was spent in the military. And, you know, it's a, it's a different culture in the sense that, we, you know, we just have different ways of, of doing things. And, and I thrived in that environment. I loved the discipline. I loved the camaraderie. I loved the, I, you know, knew exactly what I was going to do almost every day. You know, right. there's always things that come up. But you, you have a training schedule that you look like every day. And say, this is where I'm supposed to be, PT at 5 in the morning, breakfast at 700. This, I mean, you know, there's just something kind of wonderful about that. And then when I got injured and I entered into the civilian world, it it was different. So one of the first things I learned was um, 
12 o'clock doesn't mean really 12 o'clock. Okay. It means eh, 12-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Things are totally different, aren't they? Yeah. And so I'm in a panic when someone's like two minutes late because in the military, if you're two minutes late, you're either in trouble or you're you're unable to get there. Okay. And so yeah. you start, you know, worrying it. Well, the normal civilian, that's not a big deal. Okay. And so you know, I, I needed to learn to transition. The onus was on me, okay? We're the 1%, the military, 1%. And so I couldn't hold them accountable to, to what I consider was the appropriate behavior because they weren't in the military. So I learned just to relax a little bit, although I showed up 25 minutes early here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I noticed you're out there. I'm like, oh, wow, she's already here. I mean, Wes, is that That's like the amazing? Way. That did not surprise me one bit. No. I was not surprised at all. So we say in the military that um, early is on time, on time is late. And late is never acceptable. <laughs> okay. I like that. We That's... might have to start using that around here. <laughs> oh, man. They have to crack the whip with some people here, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned joining the military when you were 19. What was it that initially attracted you to do that for so long? What made you want to, to pursue that life? Yeah. So I'd be honest here. When I first went into the military, it really was out of survival mode. I had lost both my parents, and I was financially independent. And I was trying to go to school full time and uh, work full time. And, you know, it's hard. So I, I, got, I was brought up in a very patriotic family. My father was a World War II veteran. Mm. You know, we're football fanatics. Every, you know, at that time it was Sunday only. Okay. You, <laughs> when they played the national anthem on TV, we stood up. Yes. In our home, we yep. stood up. Okay. So I thought, okay, how do I figure this out for me? And I thought, you know, I'll join the military and save some money learn a skill, and get some educational benefits. But two weeks into it, into basic training, which most people hate, but I loved, loved it. it. I didn't even care when they hit me. Okay, it was okay. <laughs> all right? I had found my passion and purpose in life. Mm. And I, you know you know it when you know it. Right. It's that feeling you say, I'm in the right place at the right time. And I don't know if the Army found me or I found the Army, but it was, it was wonderful for me. You know, that's beautiful. Uh, my oldest son is uh, is a major in the Army down at Fort Gordon. Um, he graduated West Point, got his Ranger tab, and has served, was in in, uh, in country in Afghanistan for a year, deployed and everything. And I just, I you know, for people that don't understand, if you don't have blood in the game, wow, what a difference. Because you don't understand yeah. the, the cost for the families. I mean, my son loved it. Like, when he was deployed, he loved it. You know, he was over in Matakan. You know, uh, by the um, where was it? it it's it's by uh, Pakistan, I think it yeah. was right there. He said he said that the Taliban were fair weather fighters. They'd come over in the spring and then hole up for the winter or whatever. But you know, and and he and he was just he he loved what he was doing. And I see the passion in you and me. I'm terrified back at home here. You know, trying to think about you know what's going on. So I mean, there is a real dichotomy there between our warriors and the families they leave behind. Yeah. So I. The way I think I can explain it best to you because you're an athlete is it's like playing football and training to be in the position that you're in and then sitting on the bench. See, we train every right. day for the off chance or the chance that we will be put in combat situation. And it's not that we, you know, love war. Nobody hates war more than the soldier themselves. Right. But right. when you get an opportunity to use your skill sets – in order to protect your homeland or other people who need protecting, 
then you're on the field. So I, you know, hope that resonates with you. It's, oh, you're it not does. on the bench, you're on the field. And so as dangerous it is, just like being on a football field and somebody, you know, whacking your head or something, same thing in combat. Combat, there's there's a risk there. Yeah. But you've already pre-decided that you are willing to take that risk to be on the field, to do the thing that makes your heart beat and for the right reasons. You know, the, the, the funny thing about this with Wes, and, uh, you know, I tell this story all the time because there was a great man in my life, a guy named, uh, by the name of Rocky Blyer. Rocky Blyer, I'm sure you're familiar with the story, played for the Steelers and was over in Vietnam, wounded in Vietnam, then came back, rehabbed, and went on to have a great career. And I'll never forget as a stupid young rookie that I was, after a game I stood up in front of a camera, a guy said, oh, we went to war, we went to battle like that. And the guy shut the camera off, he goes away, and then all of a sudden I get this tap on the shoulder. And here comes Rocky, Rocky goes, what we do is not war. What we do is not battle like that. He goes, come with me. I want to go. We're going to go to the vet hospital. And in the offseason, he took me to the vet hospital. He showed me what war looked like. And that changed my whole life. Yeah. Because it's not the same. It's not, no. not the same. Not even close. Not even close. You know, and it's something special. Something special that um, only the warriors can really share in. And then the families from a distance. Is it not true? I think that all of us, um, and I'm speaking for myself, but, you know, I talk to my troops all the time, still, even today, is that um, it's not that we don't want to share those things, but sometimes we're protecting those that we love. You, you know, you didn't want to know every nitnoid detail about what right. your son went through in Afghanistan when he, maybe he was under a rocket attack or something like that. Right. You're not going to call home and say, hey, we got a rocket attack today because that would keep you up at night, okay? And so we... There's a buffer there for our families and our and our friends just to say they don't need to know everything. But with your fellow warriors, you know, you you walk out of a firefight with each other and you might not talk about it for a little while, but later you kind of look at each other and say, man, that was some stuff, okay? Because you've had that shared intense moment and you can't explain it to anybody. It's one of those things you you had to be there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I I hear you keep talking about the mission and the mission, right? And I, I know for our military service men and women, the mission never ends. Right. So what is it for you now on a day? You talk about finding that purpose in your life. What is that for you now on a day-to-day basis? So my mission now, and really is as important to me now as my military career is, is that I want to help as many veterans and their family members as I can to make the transition from military life into civilian life because it's, I know from, from personal experience that's a hard thing, and especially if you have injuries as well. You know, for me, when I got out of the military after getting, being injured, you know, nobody wanted to hire a deaf person with a traumatic brain injury and PTSD. It was a bridge too far for them. You know, I very easily could have ended up homeless because I couldn't support myself. And so now we have organizations that really help you do that and companies who are willing to do that. So it's gotten much better. But every once in a while, one of my warriors will get stuck because mm. they feel like they're broken. They feel like they've lost their way because they don't have that camaraderie anymore. Sure. And you just have to figure it out. And so I don't want them suffering. I don't want, I want the suicide numbers to go down. Yes. I don't want them suffering. I want them to be able to connect in some way with someone to help them navigate that, okay? You know, not bend down that path. I know where all the, you know, pitfalls are. And so if I can 
reach out in whatever way that I can. And that's part of my what my team, Team Unbroken, does is that um, and this is a, my rope team right here. So oh, you, yeah. you can't see it on the radio. My, my shirt it. has a rope with knots. And the filled-in knots are, are everybody that's on my rope team. And the knot that's last here that's not filled in, that's for everybody I want to be on my rope team. And I'm looking for you, and I want to help in whatever way that I can. And I'm just as passionate about this mission as I was for anything in the military. You, you said a very... Astute thing, a, a, a quote, do hard things, learn what grit can do for you. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about so, it. It's called engaging your grit. Everybody, I believe, gets the same amount of grit. There are not special people who get five cups of grit and only some people who get t- two t- cups of grit. But until you've had to engage that grit one time, you don't know how powerful it is. And so I, you know, I work with them to say, you've got, I, here's my thing. Here's my mantra. I believe that what is within me is stronger than anything in my way. Mm. That I have the capability to endure anything that I am faced with, with what I have in my DNA. And that is grit and that's resilience and it's hope and it's a rope team and it's just that getting up and taking on. I think I said, when you feel like you can't take one more step, take 10 more. <laughs> and until you feel that or someone walks that journey with you, I think we all feel almost shy, maybe afraid of failure or whatever it right. is. But I'm telling you, you can engage your grit and you can live the life you want to live. That's you have such a tremendous uh, word of Love encouragement, it. man. It's just you want everybody to hear this thing now. But I got to go back to something because you said one of the things that helped pull you to a place was you're running all the time. Were you pulling a Forrest Gump there? <laughs> you know, that's my happy place. <laughs> now, I, let me just say this. When I retired from football after a 12-year career, the last thing I wanted to do was run. Okay? So... We're, we're at different odds. There we go. There I'll we do go. other things, though. I'll uh, take you rope climbing or we'll jump out of airplanes or we'll do oh other no, things. Oh, no, no. You're not taking a fat guy out of a plane. You skydive, too. I saw that. You were skydiving. Yes. Oh, my heavens. I don't yes. I, I I think I would pass out before I went out. That's okay. You're just dead weight then. <laughs> so... I wanted to make sure we asked too. You mentioned how you know with your shirt, and there's there's always more room on your rope team, and and that's your mission now. If we've got listeners out there who you know are having one of those moments where they feel like this is for me, I'm struggling, I need to reach out. If somebody hears this on the podcast later on, how can they find you? What's the best way I'm to get in so touch and learn more? I'm so easy to find. This is easy to remember. I have a website that you can leave me a message. It's called GretchensRopeTeam.com. Oh wow. And reach out to me and, ha- and let me know how I can help you. And if anybody out there who's listening today, and even my good friend here, wants to go and do one of our crazy races with Team Unbroken, you simply have to go to the website, leave me a message, and we'll bring you on, the- and we'll do something amazing with you. And I promise you, we will cross that finish line. We will, we will climb that mountain. We'll ford that river, whatever it is that we need to do with you, to get you on the life that you want to live. Team Unbroken is there for you. You know, the, again, I was talking about John Colbin, Adventures in Training with a Purpose. And one of the things he does, he'll take the veterans out on bike trips. Yes. Though, Like I, last year, we, my wife and I and, and the kids, we went and walked 
uh, hiked in the Grand Canyon down to the bottom, back up five hours uh, coming up, three hours going down, which, by the way, anybody over 60 and over 300 pounds should not be doing that, which I broke both <laughs> rules, okay? But the point was there was there was veterans with us, and he takes those, those trips, yeah. and it's about engaging your grit. Yes. It sounds like you're right on. Boy, oh, boy, that is really phenomenal. Yes. I've got to get you to meet John. You know, Please. or I got to get John to meet you because yeah. I, I think I think we're, he would be doubly impressed with you. Oh, that's yeah, there's no doubt about yeah. it. No yeah. question. Your message above all to anybody out there that struggles, what is it? You are worthy. You are special. You are someone who can do anything they want. Remember that even when you're facing the storm and remember to turn into the storm and go through it. That's the quickest way out and find yourself a rope team. Go in through, turn into the storm and go through it. Wow. Find yourself a rope team. I love that. Yeah. Everyone needs a rope team. Yeah. Sergeant Major Gretchen Evans, thank you for your service. Thank you for the Thank you. Person. Go Steelers. There you go. That's right. All right. We'll be back with more Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. After this. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, we are back inside the locker room, and I have to say that this was, that was an amazing interview by Wolf and you, Wes, and, you know, Sergeant Major Gretchen Evans is just an amazing human being. Um, you know, I, I I had my time where I went over uh, for the USO, participated in that, and very thankful I did. And I'm hoping I get to see her at the game. She'll be at the game yeah. Monday night. So, Steeler fans, make sure you give her all of the warm welcome that is afforded. That's right. Um, somebody of, of her stature. And show the show her how we do in Western PA. Um, I do want to bring this, you know, to to force. You know, hopefully everybody has a, has the Steelers mobile app out there, right? You better, right, Wes? You better. Everybody better have it because Yin Chat Yin's Chat's regular season challenge is back. That's right. Each week, answer Steelers trivia and make game day picks for a chance to win signed helmets, jerseys, footballs or even a trip to the 2024 NFL Draft. New this season? Doubling. Answer the day's questions correctly and get double the points. Log in to the Steelers mobile app and play for a chance at this week's prize. And guess what the prize is this week, Wesley? Tell me more. It is a football signed by the man himself and soon-to-be Steelers record holder in sacks. All time right now, tied with James Harrison. It's the one, the only TJ Watt. Trent Jordan. Win, uh, yes, that is correct. 
you can get your own one if you get enough points. And today's question is posed for Friday. Willie Parker or Najee Harris? Who had the most rushing yards in the Steeler game against Cleveland? Ooh. Najee Harris. Okay. That, 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 that's a good choice. That's a good choice. <laughs> I'm not giving anybody the answer because I found out that I, I was actually giving the answers away when I would answer. Yeah, them. I've done that. I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm like, I'm like, I'm not gonna say if it's right or wrong. And actually, funny enough, I don't know what the answer is, but you know, if I'm being selfish, I'm gonna pick Willie Parker just because I played with him. True. Uh, True. And who knows? Maybe, maybe I did have a hand in. And him having that, ha- having a game like that, I don't know. Oh, you might have the uh, inside scoop here, is what you're telling me. Uh, I could or I couldn't. We don't know. It's Najee or Willie. But what you can do is go to the Yin's Chat trivia and answer the question. You get double the points if you are correct. Feeling froggy? Jump into the app. You know. <laughs> <laughs> feeling froggy oh i tell you what i tell yeah, you what no but you I gotta know. get involved with the in chat it's fun you can create groups on there with your own you know you can get your friends and your family yeah, and you guys you can, can compete against yeah. each other it's like steelers fantasy football in a way kind of right? it's like steelers pick them in fantasy football style and you can win some prizes too yes absolutely i i am i am one of those guys that's that that that's definitely happy about those things, um, you know, and, and and I liked it because Missy actually got me on it um, back back when back when I first came to the team. Because this is now my third season, right? Um, she got me involved, and, and and she had me in, a, you know, put us in a room, and we had a little challenges going. So I mean, it's a really fun thing as you start to go through the Steelers mobile app. There's more than just the news and the stats and the schedule, and you know. Opportunities go to make you know see meet and greets and everything of Steelers legends, but you know the Yin's chat has has really transformed. I mean, it gives you the trivia, it gives you some nostalgia, it gives you some good water cooler topics. Yes, you know what I'm saying. When you're over there, I mean, for the people that still go to work in public places uh, <laughs> in a building, um, you know, it, it gives you that because I know everybody now does like Zoom, like you have those half days and all that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> you know, it, it is a fun, fun app. And like I said, you know, the Steelers trivia is pretty awesome. It's stuff that jogs my memory. Um, and sometimes you need those reminders. <laughs> no doubt. About, no doubt. About things that, things that I've accomplished. So, yeah, let's make sure we go there. I mean, we've had some great questions um, throughout the week thus far. You know, we had TJ Water, James Harrison, who had the most sacks as a Steeler in a Monday night football game. That was Wednesday's question. Um, yesterday's. Ben Roethlisberger or Terry Bradshaw, he had the mo- who had the most pass completions as a Steeler in a game versus the Browns, and long history to go from. So picking two, you know, guys of their ilk is a is a good challenge. And then today, Willie Parker and Najee Harris, who had the most rushing yards in the Steelers game against the Cleveland Brownies. Um, and then we'll have one on game day that'll be released as well. Um, not going to give you that one. It's going to be an over under game day option. So please make okay. sure you check into the Yen's chat. Um, with that being said, um, just Wes, just you know, going back to Sergeant Major, um, you know she was she was just phenomenal. I mean, Amazing. the rope team. I mean, what was some of the major takeaways that you had uh, from that conversation that 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 really hit home for you? 
Yeah, so, you know, it's I, I was laughing with you about this, joking about this when we were in break there before we came back, but when you hear people like her speak, man, particularly when you're in, I mean, you know, Wolf and I are sitting in a, not a tiny studio, but, you know, an average size room, if you will, studio uh, with her and, and, you know, just to, to see her and, and, and meet her and be in the same room and in her presence as she's sharing all those stories and those analogies and, um, you know, her, her mission in life, man, it, it really grounds you, doesn't it? That's, that's what I uh, was walking out of that room thinking just a few minutes ago. We get very caught up in the day-to-day, what makes us happy, what doesn't make us happy. Is our sports team doing well? Is our sports team losing games? Oh, it's going to ruin my week. The joke that I made to you was, all week I've been stressing out about the backyard brawl tomorrow night, right? My Mountaineers against those, yeah. <laughs> against those stinking Pitt Panthers, and am I going to have to deal with another 365 days of hearing it from the Pitt fans every time, you know, if, if we lose on Saturday night? Man, in the grand scheme of things, who cares? You know, like, obvious, yeah. obviously we care. And obviously you play games to win the game and all, and all those different things. But when you're in a room with somebody like Gretchen, it really just brings it back down to earth of, you know, all these different rat race things that we do in life. Um, it, man, you've got, you've got men and women who lay it on the line every single day for this country, for us, for our freedoms. And then they come home and they continue that mission um, to, to – to, you know, to have a rope team, to leave nobody behind, to make sure those that are struggling, which we all know is a huge issue, right? Depression, PTSD, suicide amongst veterans. Anybody uh, that's lived in this country for more than than a week knows how serious of an issue that is. Um, for her to, you know, uh, uh, face, you know, face life and death, to lose her hearing, to have brain injuries, all of that, and she's still pushing through forward through that storm, like she was saying of finding her next mission in life, of helping her fellow uh, military veterans. It's it's inspiring, and like I said, it, it really does. just always puts a perspective on life and how, you know, how fortunate we are to have what we have. No, you, uh, I couldn't have said it any better, Wes. Um, you're absolutely right. It's just, it, it, it's, it's putting things in perspective because those things – that we think matter can be trivial when you're having a hard day, you know, you're looking for those inspirations. Um, and, and, and she is that. And, and what are, what our top 1% um, do to keep us doing the things that we do so that we can worry about right. our sports teams right. and how they perform without fear of repercussions because of that thought. Just think about how great, of a freedom that is to have that own thought for us to be who we are um, because of the sacrifices that they make. And I think that's what, that's what really hits home. Um, You know, and I've got, I've got a lot of family in the military. Um, I was blessed and fortunate, you know, to go on the USO tour and actually be in Bagram, um, Mm. you know, at that Pat Tillman center uh, meeting our servicemen and women. In fact, the, uh, the Pittsburgh folks, uh, our Air National Guard up there at the uh, at the at the Pitt Airport, um, that unit was actually over in Bagram when I was there, and they were providing um, the mail services uh, back to the states for all the troops and all, bringing in all the mail for the troops when I was there. The Johnstown boys, the Apache unit guys, yep. Skip and Company, yep. uh, Greg Charan, who is their chief uh, mechanic on the Apaches, Skip came to camp. Um, 
and uh, brought 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 his lovely daughters. It was awesome to see Skip. I hadn't seen Skip in a number of years, but um, getting to see him, um, he was one of the people I met on that USO tour when we were in Kosovo. Um, so it, it, it's it, it's a beautiful thing, and anytime you get a chance to help our men and women, please do. Um, you know, it's appreciative, and I love what Sergeant Major is doing to bring a light to this and provide avenues. Um, you know, for our men and women uh, to to have these type of opportunities, these outs um, to to be able to heal, to be able to talk, and to you know to also feel like they matter when they come back home. I think yes. that that is that is just tremendous. And you know, I know we have a football show to do, but when you have somebody as inspirational um, as a sergeant major, you know, it, it, it warrants more than just an interview sometimes, you know, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, you know, I, I said it to her when she was leaving and, and Wolf, you know, cause Wolf, Wolf's going to a thing at light of life right now. That's why you, that's why you've got me here for the, for the rest of the show. And instead of set of Wolfman, um, it's very early in the season, right, Max? Uh, I mean, we, yeah. we haven't even played two games yet, but I that's that might just be the highlight of our of our entire year uh having having her on the show having her here in the studio with us and uh, I mean you guys all heard the emotions from Wolf it you know it it obviously hits home with him with his son you know you mentioned coming from a family of military as well Max uh that's a big thing for the Euler side of my family as well too uh and the Kaufman side my mom's side uh, I've got aunts and uncles that have that have served I've got two cousins that are serving right now currently um and just those those different touch points hit home and uh, again the 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 effort to make sure that we're not leaving people behind is is what really what really stands out to me because it's easy to do the lip service thing in that regard right of of knowing that that vets struggle with PTSD and depression and how high those suicide numbers are uh, for someone like Gretchen who gave decades of her life to the military who lost her hearing because of it who has a, a significant brain injury because of it as well too I think it would be very easy for her to say, I've done my duty, right? I, I did my mission. Yeah. Now I'm going to take care of myself. Now I'm going to relax. Now I'm going to, you know, chill for a lack of, of a better term. It's it's time for me to kind of enjoy my life and relax. Uh-uh. She's still on the offensive. She's still out there uh, completing missions. And it's like you said, it, you can't just have someone like that in your presence, talk to them, all those things, and then just move on right away. There, there needs to be a little, a little letting that marinate there for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, when we, when we go through this, I mean, you know, that, that's something that, you know, hopefully we can continue to provide, you know, those perspectives and give you not only the, um, you know, the football side of it and, and, and great guests, but also try and bring you informational guests, inspirational guests along the way. And, that's the beauty of a locker room, right? You bring everybody from all walks of yep. life into one place geared towards one common purpose. And, and that common purpose is to, to inspire and educate, you know, that, that's, that's, that's the whole point of the, uh, of, of a show in general is when you listen to it, I want you to come back. I want you to come out of it knowing something or learning something that you might not have learned, uh, before the show. So, you know, that was one that was a, a tremendous point and, you know, so happy we got a chance to, to spend time with her. And, and, and now that'll be on, that'll live on in, in uh, in, in famousness. I, cause you yes, used to say infamy. Right. I don't know. You can't in a say bad, a bad connotation, right? Yeah, exactly. I can't think of the positive one, but 
you know, will live on forever. Um, you know, so we appreciate her service, her opportunity, her taking time to join us today. And with that, we're going to step aside um, and do the bell lap. We come back here in the locker room. It's the Wolf and Starks locker room, joined by Mr. Euler, who is so gracious to give his time to us. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. You're listening on ESPN and SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players. Authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. Located at Acushore Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com. All right, it's Bell Lap, Wesley. There we go. And with that Bell Lap, you know it is the last segment of the show. And, of course, it being a Friday, the last segment before game day for us. And, Wes, you know, kind of... We've talked about it all week, right? You lick the wounds. You wear the stink. You have to deal with it. You have to fester in it. But there is tomorrow. Yes. There is a game on the precipice. And, you know, as we just kind of go back, we've talked about what we've saw. We've, re- we've hashed. We've rehashed strategies, game plans. Listen to what the coaches and coordinators have said. And just – Kind of want to take this opportunity. Final thoughts before we go. Um, and I'll lead this off and just want to get, you know, your semblance of it. Sure. Um, I think a return to basics, um, a re- an intent to run the football is probably something I see key in this. And it's always been key in a Cleveland matchup. But when you have a guy like Nick Chubb coming to town, where you know the team is predicated on running the ball and trying to possess it longer than you, what do you have to do in those situations? You need to answer that question yep. with your own answer and question, make them question themselves. So for you, uh, just the intent to, to establish a run game with Najee Harris, where, where do you see that in your mind? I see that as, as being pri- a priority. Yeah, I see that as priority number one. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, Max, sometimes there's great intrigue and mystery surrounding games, and particularly at the beginning of the season when you don't have as much on tape from that year. But for both of these, se- these teams, it seems pretty cut and dry, pretty black and white, right? The Steelers need to run the football and establish that line of scrimmage on offense and then play off of that. You know, hit some hit some big shots to to GP and the boys, uh, and on defense they need to dominate that line of scrimmage and stop Cleveland from from running with Nick Chubb and that offensive line. And we know uh, all the success that they've had on the ground over the last few years. And then you flip it around. I think it's the same thing, right? Cleveland's thinking we're going to dominate the line of scrimmage on offense. We're going to control this game and we're going to uh, let Deshaun make big plays off of that. And we're going to shut down their run game. And we're going to have we're going to make Kenny Pickett have to drop back and throw forty sometimes again and try and beat us that way. It 
is, I think, a classic, uh, you know your opponent, they know you, there's no secrets really, there haven't been significant changes to the coaching staffs or anything like that, right? Um, for a week two opponent, this seems about as, as, as much of a blueprint as you're going to have on each other as is realistic at this point in the season. And it does feel like it all starts with that run game for both teams in terms of Najee and Chubb and the offensive line groups, and then stopping that if you're the other team starting with your defensive front. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm completely uh, in, in cadence with you, Wes. And, you know, it, it's something that as we look at it, you just you have to be cognizant of that. And I think for the Steelers, when you kind of been punched in the mouth, when you have had to reel um, like the Steelers have. And, and, and I mean, and let's face it, you know, I, I've been I've been in I've been in that location. I've been in that spot where you're pressed beyond, you know, you know, the limit, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and you're just, you're tired of hearing the other noise. And it's like, you know what, how can I, how can I go change this, this injury? Well, it's going out there and taking all of my frustrations of the week out on the guys that are across from me. And yep. that's where I think, you know, this team's mentality should be. And I think will be is that, you know, I'm tired of hearing about it. it it's, you know, I have this one saying, it's like, don't talk about it, be about it. Right. 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 <laughs> and talk, talk is cheap, but actions speak louder than words. And, you know, getting to that moment and getting to a moment where you could say, you know what? I really don't like those guys in front of me. And, and I really don't like the things that have been said about my team. So, you yep. know what? I'm going to go and punch you in the mouth. I don't feel bad about it because I'd rather it you than me. Sometimes it's that simple, right? And I think particularly for a team like this that has a lot of pride, that has a lot of guys who have accomplished so much in this league, to be against that team in Cleveland that you have historically had so much success against for the most part, right, over the last few decades, um, this is one that you should need no getting up for. You should be ready to go. You should be ready to prove, hey, we're not that team that you saw week one. That didn't go our way. We took one on the chin. It was embarrassing, but we're moving on. That's not who we are. We are the team that we and all of you thought we could be in preseason and training camp, and we're going to go prove that against an AFC North rival on Monday night in the lone sp- spot. You know, no other games, no other action happening. Um, Technically, think, it is a double of. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, Dang yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Just what, what, I wanted to slow hey, down. Well, nobody wants just to watch that bit. Saints game or whatever's on first. No. Anyway. <laughs> We're the real black and gold. You that's know? right. I that's mean, right. But yeah, you know, you you at the same time, too, Max, the last piece of that, because I know we got to go here is, you know, Cleveland is feeling themselves right now. They they had a nice win over Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. Their defense looks good. They think that offense is going to continue to grow. The city of Cleveland, that team, their fan base, they're feeling themselves, and they think this is their year to, to go into the playoffs and potentially go on a run and maybe win the division and those type of things. You also have a nice opportunity to knock those guys down a peg as well on Monday night. Yeah, exactly. And, and nothing nothing feels better than to flush the Browns' hopes um, right down I, I, a toilet. It, that's right. That's right. Maritime law is in full effect, right? If it, if it's brown, flush it. If it's yellow, let it let it mellow. You know what I'm saying? You like, let's mind. just go ahead and do it. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I mean that that's going to be fun. I cannot wait for Monday night and what it holds. It's going to be a really special evening. Like I said, Sergeant Major Gretchen Evans is going to be in the honor. So if you see her walking around the stadium, please say hello and tell her thank you for your service. 
Um, she's a she's a really remarkable woman. Um, he's done. Um, and with that, Wes, we had everybody adieu. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your brawls on Saturday. Uh, you know, good luck to the Mountaineers. Good luck to the Panthers as no, well. No, not the Panthers. Boo. Hey, hey, I have to say that I'm non-biased. I know. I, know. I will say go. I will say go Gators and there you no go. balls. There you go. Um, you'll, because we do have our game. This you'll get a kick. Well. You'll get a kick out of this. You know, I'm with the indoctrination and the brainwashing. My 23 month old daughter. She'll be. She'll be a year old here in, in a few. In a few or two years old here in a few weeks. I'm driving her to daycare this morning, and she's going, beat pit, beat pit, go Mountaineers in the back seat. So we're, we're, we're fired up, and we're ready to go, Mr. Starks, in the Euler household. That's what I love to hear. Listen, you got to start them at a young age, man. You got to start That's them right. off young. That's right. You're doing, you're doing your job, Dad. And just <laughs> like my girls are ready to see my Gators possibly lose to the Volunteers. But, you know, hey, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. My girl, my girls realize they have to suffer with death. That's right. That's moments. right. Yeah. So, and and I'll be at the Penn State uh, Illinois game. So nice. I'll go do that nice. on Saturday, and then uh, and then yeah, I'll, I'll be at the ball yard on Monday. I got I got Bills Raiders on ESPN before that on Sunday. Full so, slate. Yeah, I, I, Full I'm slate. Just, for I'm you. just getting ready. Three three game turn this weekend. So. Well, hey, everybody have a great day. Remember, same bat channel, same bat time. It'll be Tuesday because we got a game on Monday. But you are always welcome inside the locker room, Monday through Fridays, 10 to noon, here on ESPN and SNR Radio. I'm Max Starks. Craig Wolfley's out on mission. And Wes Euler stepped in, our lead ninja in charge. All right, everybody, take care. Make it a great day. And go enjoy some lunch. All clear. Thanks, Max.